The Chubby Buddies Podcast is sponsored by Rage Beef Jerky. And it's Christmas time. So uh, why not get beef jerky for your, either your, I guess men or women can eat this, but you're not going to be dissatisfied. You're not going to be out of money because you're in luck. If you're not in any of the five states or 400 plus locations, we have a discount code for you. That is C-H-U-B-B-Y code Chubby for 15% off your order. And that is if you're not in those five uh, five states or 400 plus locations. But you can also, ooh, sorry, you can also save a little bit more money if you hit that fifty dollar cap by spending fifty dollars more and using the code Chubby. That's equal to one free bag of beef jerky. I can't wait till the meat sticks come out. Okay, so sure. I, I I don't know if they're like hitting this as like a, a Christmas thing. I don't know if that that's when they're. I don't even know. Let's check it out. Let's check out to see if it's live. I haven't looked at their website. Have you? I have not. Maybe it's live and we don't know it. Oh Wouldn't my! That be sad? I would be so excited. All right. What do you mean beef sad? Beef flavors. Beef sticks. We stick would have flavors. access to the beef sticks. They have is beef stick live? flavors. It's live. It is live. It is Yo, live. It shows that I can add it to sticks. my cart. Bobby says they're the only six ninety nine a pack. That is what? a killer price. Six ninety nine. Rage Original Beef Jerky Stick, six ninety nine. Paying, uh, it says, I'm assuming it's going by weight, not by stick. But we know that it's four. Yep, four pack. Yep, dude, four, four, above. Okay, four top shelf meat sticks for six ninety nine. You're not gonna walk out of a convenience store for less than ten bucks. I'm just saying, for that type of meat stick. I'm just saying. Guys, did you did you do market research before you put a price tag on these things? I hope that this is like I mean it's, it shows that I can add it in my cart. Let's go, man! That is a deal. That's a killer deal. So and what are the what are the flavor options? All right, your flavor options are original as usual, sweet <gasps> and oh, that bacon jalapeno. <gasps> Let's go! I'm Sweet so excited. Spicy. Bacon jalapeno, teriyaki, hot and cracked pepper. My favorite of the meat sticks. I have not yet to try the bacon jalapeno, but that's the one. I'm going to order mine tonight. But... Dude, get it done. Just saying. You can order two, like Bobby said. And now we're going to have to do all new math because now we got the meat sticks in there. So we're going to have to be able to tell you how many meat stick packages you could get for free. Uh, so we'll be back next week with all new math on the Rage Beef Jerky. But we can tell you the deals just got sweeter if the meat sticks are on the table. Let's yeah. go. Well, if you think about it, we could do it this way. If you spend $50 or more on top of that, you could get two packs of meat sticks for free. If you spend yeah, that $50 would be two packs more. of meat sticks. That would be two, two packs, packs of meat sticks. sticks. Two so packs of meat four... sticks or a bag of beef jerky. Let's yeah. go. But I would definitely do the, I would, I mean, do either one. But if you have not tried these meat sticks, 100% go for those first. For sure. And I'm going to order some bacon jalapeno because I've not tried that. And I bet you it's killer in a meat stick. I cannot wait. It tastes like a big old chunk of bacon. Ooh. Oh. Man. I'm going to have to, 
not only will I have to order that tonight, but we're, we're, we're coming up on our 50th episode. So I think for a special, now, I don't know if you're, uh, familiar with, uh, giveaways, but I would be willing to put up a $25 gift card for our 50th episode. For uh, I would match that comment. so that we could have $50 so 50, for 50 episode. $50 gift card for listeners who comment below. Either say something about Rage Beef Jerky, say something about HCW, or say something about us. Whether you like us or not, we don't care, and we'll randomly <laughs> pick it. How does that sound? So any any sort of interaction with our video. Any sort of interaction. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So go to YouTube, right? That's where we're going to pull this. Go to YouTube. Yeah. And make interact sure you're a with, follower. Yep, make sure you're a follower. And make sure you interact with this week's video, and we will give that... Fifty dollar prize to on the fifty first jerky on the fifty first episode. episode. We can announce we'll it live that. during the rage uh, promo ad. How's that? Well, hang on. You said when's the? Why don't we do it on the fiftieth episode? episode? Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. do it on the fiftieth episode. So on the fiftieth episode, we'll release the name of who we choose. As long as you're a follower and you've either commented in that comment said something either about us rage or hcw that would be the cue so if you just say hey that's not enough either say <laughs> something bad or good about us say something good about primal or rage or say something good about hcw yeah you can't say bad stuff about our sponsors but you can say bad stuff about us yeah. word. call us fat say josh has a bad <laughs> haircut whatever Hey, that's hurtful. I have feelings. But hey, follow Rage Beef Jerky on Facebook, Instagram, and visit them at www.ragebeefjerky.com and get those meat sticks. Meat sticks, let's go. I'm going to highlight Mr. Bo and Devin over there. I mean, this is not a part of the HCW ad. No, 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 definitely highlight. I did. That's why I was going to say, go for it. Because this is cool. And let's see what, it's a ways down because I shared too much stuff, I think. Okay, here we go. (laughs) This is the Friends of McConnell Facebook page. Okay. That would so, be McConnell, McConnell Air, Force Air Force Base. Yeah, here in in Wichita, Kansas. It's a local uh, uh, federal Navy, Naval Air Force Base. Uh, organizes a cookie drop to provide items to each single airman living in the dorms. These gifts help provide a sense of home to many young men and women who may be spending their few holiday seasons away from home. Hmm. Thanks to Rage Beef Jerky from Hutchinson, for partnering with Friends of McConnell to provide beef snacks to all 233 airmen living in the dorms. Let's go. That's awesome. And, I mean, did you read the post that I put? I didn't know if you did, but, uh, I mean, I just said it was a privilege uh, working with Rage. I pretty much just said that, like, I think the meat sticks are the, is the, I guess, positive thing of being interaction, being a, having a good inter- interaction with Bo and Devin. That's just a plus is just the meat sticks and the, and the beef jerky. Just knowing them is just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would absolutely agree. Like high quality beef jerky. That's a big win with rage, but truly the guys as owners really set a precedent of, of just what it means to care about your community and what it means to care about your people. You know, they don't, they don't take lightly the fact that their business doesn't succeed without their customers. And they go out of their way to make sure that the people around them know how loved and appreciated they are because they like, and and I think anyone in anyone that's successful in business understands this. Like 
you don't survive without your community. And the ultimate purpose of your business is to bless and grow the community. So it's a trade-off, you know, you work your butt off and the community responds by supporting you, but you also have to respond by supporting the community. And they do such a great job of that. So shout out, oh, yeah. Bo, Devin, you guys are phenomenal. Rage Beef Jerky, not just coming in with great jerky, but coming in with great leaders. So we appreciate being you Being a good human, like just being a good human. Like you don't see that a lot in business owners. Just from what I gather, I don't see that. I mean, not necessarily are they not good people, but they don't necessarily show it to their community. They're more worried or they're too busy. Like whether how busy Bo is, he's going to take the time to reach out to his community. That's what I've noticed. I was going to say, I don't know that it's so much an issue with, with businesses not caring about the community. It's just, I think, you know, most, most businesses understand there's a struggle to it. Um, it takes yeah. faith. It takes faith to respond to your community like that because it's always going to be a stretch. It's always going to stretch you financially. It's always going to stretch you. Like, it's always going to feel like it was an unnecessary, not unnecessary expense, but that there could have been more critical things. But when you understand the value of, of loving your community well and caring about the people that support you, you realize that all it, it's a multiplier. You know, it's like putting fertilizer down when you're trying to grow something. You know, you recognize that it will bear a lot more fruit because you've done that extra work. So, and they sponsor so many things in the area. So it's crazy. Like they did the race, they do a lot of race car drivers. Uh, I believe oh, yeah, they've they, uh, they got dirt, yeah, dirt track sponsorship that they do, and yeah, all they sorts do, of good um, stuff. I think they have a local, um, like a Wichita person that does not what motocross, they have a couple motocross guys, BMX, nice. maybe. Uh, they also sponsor, um, Bo and De uh, Devin has an arm wrestling uh team that they have, and I'm not, what? I think that's it's cool, gun, like a part of gun, yeah, it's like a part gun, gun bros, bros thing that he has, nice, yeah. So, I mean. Granted, it is a part owner thing that's sponsoring the other thing, but it's still, I mean, it just hey, shows, no, I, it goes yeah, to show you thing. that, like, investing into your community makes, like, it shows people such as myself, which lives in that community, what you're all about. Yeah, it bears so, fruit. It bears fruit because it, it multiplies itself. It's, you know, when you bless your own community, it's always going to bear fruit. Oh, yeah. Shout out Bo and Devin. Woo woo. But speaking of businesses, man, I mean, how is yours going? I mean, okay, the food truck thing. I hunting. will say this. I will say this. I'm reminded again of how just how slow governmental procedure can be. Now, granted, what I'm doing isn't technically government, but it is a a state school uh, sponsored program, and so I gave them my paperwork Monday before Thanksgiving. Uh, like I had all my numbers, you know, all my profit analysis, stuff like that. So they've had it now for two weeks and counting and I'm still waiting to hear back from them. But once I get the green light from them, I take it to the bank, bank approves it and we go. So, all right. Just waiting on that. So do you have a truck mainly like narrowed down to like one to five? I do. I've got a, I've got a guy in Springfield that I uh, am talking to working with. He's got a couple of trucks one that's a little smaller, but it's ready to go. And another one's a little bit bigger, but he would have to install some uh, equipment on it. Uh, and that's actually the one that I, I hope I can land just because I, I want more room in the truck if I can do it. But I had to create a little more wiggle room in my budget for it. But I was able to do so it. So what, just... what type of things are you going to have on this truck? I guess, I mean, from 
being outside of a food truck and going up and ordering like i know you probably have like a grill like a, a stove like a microwave yeah, so I'll have, and all that I'll other have stuff a, i'll have a double rack oven um with uh burners on the top and a big uh griddle uh on the top so it'll be you know burning rack and, and griddle so it'll be you know nice and big uh and then i'll have a uh warming cabinet that i'll keep all of my biscuits warm in i'll have a warming well um that's going to have all the different ingredients that I put together. Uh, because basically what I'm doing is all of my ingredients are uh, like, everything's getting made fresh to order, but not like immediately fresh to order. So it's like, I'm half cooking, like in the mornings, I'm half cooking my bacon, half cooking my sausage and then finishing cooking it. Once I cook the eggs fresh, uh, and then throw the cheese on it. So it's, it's everything is going, yeah, everything's going to be pre-prepped, but, but ready to go. And, and it's going to taste and, and, and is going to be cooked fresh. So that's kind of the, oh gosh, where were we going with this? That was kind of the, well, the I was just asking about what was all on the truck. Yeah. So, so again, like part of it's the cooking equipment and then there's going to be like refrigeration and storage, stuff like that. So, but I've got a whole little list of all my equipment, an air conditioning unit. And then I had to calculate like the kilowattage that the truck would use because I have to have the right generator. So it's, there's been a lot to, yeah. a lot of number crunching and stuff like that. And you already is, have a spot kind of fun. in the area. I do. Right? I have so, a like, spot locked in. Yeah. I have a spot locked in. There's a local food truck that uh called the lunchbox that sets up right there uh in the parking lot of true value um here in kimberling city and so they're gone until spring and so we're gonna step in and and run that spot for about four months and you're just gonna park it there and and just leave it there yep park the truck well no i'll probably drive it home during well i might i don't know we'll see heather and i'll talk uh i may leave the truck there and drive down to it but and then once you know, once everything's good and groovy, and and once we worked out kinks and stuff like that, then we'll head to head to Florida with all Is that. Is the anticipation for that like just the starting of it the most stressful part, or would you yes, say the planning yes. of it was? No, the planning of it was fun, dude. I loved the planning of it. The anticipation, the fact that I feel like I'm walking through quicksand is the the hardest part man i feel like okay not to traumatize us all but do you remember um uh gosh the never ending story the what story the never ending never ending story yeah oh yeah do you remember when atreyu is leading his horse through the quicksand i feel like the horse oh yeah very sad and i'm like if these people do not give me my paperwork back i am going to be like that horse. I'm going to be like a Treyu's horse. In the moment, it was sad. But didn't the horse, no, like, at the so very sad. end? No, bro. He dies. Yeah. But at the very the end, didn't is... the horse, like, technically make it? Mm-mm. Huh? Mm-mm. Oh, I thought he did. <laughs> that horse did. Nah, bro. That, that horse go. He gets foul I mean, for a... so, you know, there's yeah. a trade-off. Which I think my but... dog... Charlie Sheen, I think he looks like him when he's laid out, like, on the couch flat. Looks like foul He's got that long... Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks like a dog in the movie, but I know he's a dragon, but like, that's what his body looks like. It's got that long, curly, fluffy yeah. hair. It's pretty that's wild. funny. But other than that, how, how was your week? And I mean, last time we talked was with Red. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's been a great week, dude. It's been uh, pretty simple. We, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. I am prepping next week. Uh, I preached my last sermon here. 
Um, and I'm kind of doing all the handoff stuff. So it's been kind of wild, like handing uh, all the different elements of ministry off. And, and uh, I have to admit, like, there's a small part of me that that has laughed a little bit. We talked, a, uh, I talked with my boss a little bit about just all the different roles that I've collected, all the different hats that I've worn over the years. And what I've noticed in my leaving, there have been four people that have taken over my, my one job. So there has been, I've handed off part of it. Did they plan for that though? Uh, kind of, kind of not. Uh, it's just kind of been the nature of what's been necessary. Um, but everything that I've done here at this church, I have one guy who's taken over the tech element. I have another guy who's taken over the youth ministry, another guy who's taken over small groups. And then finally, another guy who's taken over, um, or rather, hang on. So tech, small groups, youth ministry, and then administ administration. So I've got four different roles that I kind of served in that, that are now split between four different people. And wouldn't now I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but wasn't it roughly about the same size as Crossroads? Uh, roughly the same size, maybe a little bigger here at the end. Um, we we've grown a decent amount. We we average, uh, although I don't remember how big was Crossroads in our heyday. Was it over two hundred? I, I want to say, yeah, I want to say that probably during our youth group, I want to say that we had roughly between two fifty to 275 yeah. on an and average say, Sunday. I'd say I'd say we're pushing close to 250 nowadays. So it was roughly so we've got, and if we if we look got, at that like look at how many ministers online, that ran that church. online that that go that, that goes a lot more. Um our online reach is a little like bigger than people that. that can't get out and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so like of the crossroads so wasn't of even the at that 200 yet. yeah of the 200 plus that we have in attendance I would say that's about a third of our uh, church congregation at any one time. And thinking back at that, you had Mike as the youth minister. You had, mm -hmm. um, oh, um, Wayne was yeah. the senior pastor. He did the yep. senior ministry. Then you had uh, Kevin, who did what was his? Was mm -hmm. his uh, was that family ministry? I believe he was family ministry. Although, yeah. And then you had the senior pastor, which was, I mean, Wayne first, then Todd, then yep. Uh, mm, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't actually there. Like, I didn't go there regularly when. Uh, oh, the one that did your wedding, uh, Keel, Key, uh, Keel, yeah, yep. And I mean, that's three ministers when I was there because when I was there, it was Wayne. I don't know if you were you there when Wayne was the head pastor. Uh, was he I, already retired? I came, I, no, I came there right as right as Wayne was retiring. So, I mean, just looking at that, like that had four ministers, roughly the same size. So you can only imagine that you only have two ministers running yours, right? Yep, we had two. No, we had some other part-time people in other roles, but yeah, we had we had trimmed down to just the two of us. And so. and and uh, secretary Maxine. Yeah, and so we didn't even didn't have a full-time credit. We didn't even have a full time secretary. We had a we had a finance person on the weekend or uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but no real secretary. So, mm. so wild, I don't man. think they get enough credit for what they do. Oh, not a chance. Not well, a at chance. least Maxine. You I don't a, know what find yours. you a church, find your church secretary, give her a hug, and tell her thank you for everything you do. They will appreciate it. 
because they don't get nearly enough we did a school yeah we did like a school class thing outside of like it was like our fifth hour and mm-hmm. we did one of the days was we had to help her and i was like oh my lantern oh yeah man Filling, or prepping making all, all those the stupid envelopes sheets. and prepping the sermon sheets yeah she was on top of birthdays. She was on top of anniversaries. She was on top of graduation. She was on, oh my lord. She knew what she was doing, for sure. Is she still, I, was she, st- I mean, when I promoted at the prison, she sent me a, a clip of the newspaper that showed that I promoted from, Aww. like, you don't have to do that, but she was on top of it. She read the newspaper every day to see who was in the That's news. So who would, yep. I was like, man, we killed it. Shout out Maxine. If Shout you, out Maxine. To this. I, I hope not. Maxine, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I know You're she had to listen to, be to the Chuck to this. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm sure she, she did. Would, I bet you she giggled. I bet you she giggled if she listened to that episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. Oh, but I had uh, quite the week. Uh, I mean, Yeah, tell us about your week. The buddy. show. Oh, well, I mean, the biggest thing was the show last night. That was That was probably the biggest thing other than work. I took a uh, Friday off because I was, I mean, I was congested and all that stuff. But other than that, it was it's mainly babysitting dogs. Like that's, you have no idea. That's like, your life sure you have an idea. You're a pet parent. Not by choice. <laughs> Not by choice. Oh, one dog, funny. like I don't have to watch her. We can leave her out when we're gone. The other one. Just constantly needs to because he was locked up a, a fair point, like a fair part of his day. He yeah. was locked up in a kennel. We don't kennel him except when we leave now. Sleeps with us. Oh my lord, he is so attention hungry. It's not even fun. He's barking out there right now. Like I hear, I hear Jamie out there. No, no, no. Mine's over oh. here. Passed. And we out have a Christmas tree up. Yeah, at least he's passed out next to you, but he doesn't uh, have he's to a, be like. He's in. a good boy, dude. The only thing that would drive you nuts is he loves to play, and so he'll always constantly be going at your hand, wanting to wrestle with you. But other than that, yeah, he, is he such does a that good too. Dog. But he's just getting into stuff. Like we have a Christmas yeah. tree up there. What's he do? He got into the candy canes Jimmy put on that tree. <laughs> he's pulling ornaments off. He's and she wanted to put three Christmas trees up. She has two up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, Bobby! That's my. Just imagine if my... this were a child. I still think it's only a pet. You know, mentally, since I've never had a kid, I think that, like, it's fair for me to admit that I think it would be easier, like, not just, like, raising a kid. Like, raising a kid is 100% harder. 100%. But, like, at least you can take the kid to somebody's house to babysit, and you don't have to worry about it. Like, if it cries, like, it's a, a normal thing that a kid does or a baby does, it cries. Needs to be changed. It's check, a normal thing. You still check on the but, kid uh, and make sure it's okay. Right. Yeah. You still check on him, but you call. I mean, hopefully you have a good babysitter and that you trust that person. But right. with the dog, oh, I hope this dog didn't piss everywhere. I hope this dog didn't tear up like something that is in their house. Like if somebody's going to be you know more you... reluctant to not watch a dog versus a kid, that's what I'm saying. You can you, leave you town and not worry about it. There's people that have pet sitters. Yeah, I know, but like I would be like worried, like man, I wonder what this dude destroyed. How much am I gonna have to pay when I get back? Like that's this <laughs> dog. You have no idea. Like, a baby is not gonna destroy somebody's drapes. This dog will. That's what I'm saying. That's the only thing. Like, 
And then if you drop him off at the at the vet to kennel him, like then you worry about is he being mistreated? Like there's just other things to worry about outside of a kid. A kid, yeah, you don't want something bad to happen to the kid. But like like I said, I think it's more like somebody's gonna be more happy to watch a baby, especially if they love babies, versus a puppy. That's all I'm saying. I don't I don't think so, dude. Like babies are I... way more complicated than but pets. And I assure you, anybody that's willing to watch your baby probably willing to watch your pet because that's yeah, way way less expensive. would you feel more guilty that like in your mind like if you're what whatever you're doing right so like are you going to be worried more about if you know the dog is like a hellion are you gonna be more worried about the dog tearing a drape down and ruining somebody something in their house or peeing on their what, carpet what makes you think if somebody's watching your pet that they're leaving your pet alone in their house unattended I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Like, this dog doesn't even need to be washed and to destroy shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm my. just not used to this hyperactive small dog. Like, you're not thing used about to him. taking Smaller care dog. of somebody other than yourself. No, I've had dogs, but like, I've never had a small dog. And those dogs are just more wiry than bigger dogs. They just are. Like, both of my three of my larger dogs, they were just, they like to play. But they would come back in and lay down. That's all they did. But this dog wants up and down. Like it's it's like watching Richard Simmons doing a workout video. <laughs> Clip that. I'm just That's saying. Funny. Clip that. That's funny. Oh gosh. But anyway. Oh man. <laughs> but, well, I was asking you earlier about like okay, this is why I this is where I went. Like when I was clean I was cleaning out my search history, right? And I came across an article that I was reading on, and then it sent me to YouTube, and I was just watching all these crazy videos. Have you ever looked up a a, a stellar nursery? A stellar the, uh, nursery. A stellar nursery. It's the uh, what is the name of that new telescope? Um, the James Webb. Oh, I, I know the concept. James Webb. Yeah, the James Webb. Yeah, the James Webb. I know the concept of a stellar but, nursery. Like, I but... went down. Well, I just went down this, like, I guess, rabbit hole of, I guess, really, what is it? And then I started watching all these different videos of what people were, I guess, claiming them to what they could be or what they are. What Apparently, from what I gather, is that there are other galaxies so many light years away. Is that is that is that anything remotely close to what it is? Kind or do of. You know anything, so or it's... do you not even know anything about a stellar nursery? So what I understand about stellar nurseries is it's it's conceptually now I don't know enough but isn't it conceptually the the like early early stages of the big bang so it's it's when they pointed the James Webb in the direction of the big bang what they came to find was a group of galaxies that should have been significantly younger than they were were not and so we've got light protruding from areas that they're calling the 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 stellar nurseries. That's this this area at the very early part of the Big Bang that should be like the evidence that we need that everything happened at a certain point. What they're finding is it's still not giving them the answers that they want, <laughs> and it's making them go back and recalculate their models and all sorts of stuff. It's all just it's new information, and we don't know what to do with new information, so we start cataloging it and categorizing it well and where, where you were 
like what you had said kind of it brought back to me that it said it's the early stages of and what i remember in one of the videos i was watching is that it said that it was an early it was the development or the birth of a new star yeah is what the is the uh, stellar nursery so it's the birth of new stars light years away so like yep. stars that we haven't seen yet of course but like what they do is is like what the actual telescope does is that it gives you or it, it shoots out a picture and it comes back black and white just as though like if, if you were shooting in a space because there's no light in there but then when it gets brought back they've got people down there that are using computer graphics and on that adding color to what it could be to kind of give you a different uh, i guess 3D well, kind look of. at it Kind of, not exactly. So the way the James Webb work is it has different instrument measurement. And so when it measures a certain isotope, that's going to come out with a certain color spectrum. And so the way we get the color isn't that they're CGI and adding graphics. It's that they're overlaying multiple uh, scans together. So when you look and you see those incredible shots of space, that's not a single picture. That's multiple right. pictures on top of each other showcasing that that the the scan of all those different isotopes and how they pop in the different scans. So you've got a oh gosh, I don't I can't even go down the list because I don't have them memorized. But yeah, there's but that's that my each, point. Yeah, James Webb has like a bunch of different ways that it scans. Like when it takes when it takes a picture, it's doing so much more than just like that it's scanning oh yeah for layers you know, all these scanning yeah, layers. Layery, yeah layered scanning for all these different chemicals all these different isotopes and then it's going back and correlating that data and then the james webb overlays it and that's how we get those incredible pictures it still looks that, like that but if you were yeah. out there in space like you wouldn't see that pop of color like you see on a picture because that pop of color is coming from the fact that they're they're putting it's not a dye, but it's essentially you're highlighting that specific isotope. And that's why it pops up in the picture. And that's where I was going with it is that when I was cleaning out my like search history or going through it, I was like, I know now that like we all make fun of you for being a nerd. I was like, <laughs> I think I have more in common with you than we've ever thought just because I've looked stuff like this up and I find it interesting. So I go down a deep dive about it and learn a little bit more about it. But that's you also nerd where rabbit hole. Well, and it's, I, I wouldn't even call it a nerd rabbit hole. Like, like, yeah, it's nerdy. If, uh, I guess like star Wars to me is nerdy. That is nerdy space in general is it's real math isn't just something that I'm, I'm just not interested in math, but space, like, I don't, I, I, we always make fun of you for like enjoying to doing math and stuff like that. But we also gave you crap for space stuff. But in reality, like, as I've gotten older, I found that it is, Oh, what's the, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think looking into space, like it almost like gives you something more to look forward to after. I mean, I don't know. I'm not afraid of death. I, I've never, I've never been afraid of death, but like it gives you like there's so much more than just me is what I'm saying. Like it, like I'm I'm unmeasurable compared to what's out there in the world. Space is a great perspective reminder. It is a great reminder that you are a tiny speck on a tiny planet in a vast ocean of nothingness. Like and and to me that's what that's I mean, not to go too you know, not to get too far into it, but that's what makes my, that's what helps shape my faith 
is, you know, when I understand that, when I look at science and I, I recognize that science makes it very clear to me that I am this tiny little thing on a tiny dot in, a, in the middle of a timeline that's massive, I shouldn't matter. Uh, and to the rest of the world, I don't matter. But for some reason, to the creator of this universe, to the designer of everything, I'm important. And not just me, but every human being is equally important to him. And he sees them. He sees what they're going through and designed a plan in advance to send his son to die in our placement. Like that to me, like when I study space, when I study uh, science, all it does for me, like, and there's a, there's a, uh, a pastor by the name of Louis Giglio, who's, who's done some amazing sermons on this, but science and space just reaffirmed to me everything that, that, that we've discovered in faith. And that is that, that God is this incredible, incredibly creative, brilliant being who who created this masterpiece in us. And despite our failures and our flaws and our willingness to run, he still loved us enough to to pursue us. It's a cool story. And and not to take away from where you're going with that like at all, but what I was more fascinated with by going through my search history is that like if I was to count everything in there, not just the space stuff, the other stuff, like the comedic, the, uh, the stand-up comedy acts or stand-up comedy, the other stuff that I look up, like whether it be a fart joke or a, a I don't know, a poop joke, whatever. <laughs> what I was gathering is that, like, I, I, when I look at that, I think of, I could be, I, could, I have more in touch with you than you have in touch with me, if that makes any bit of sense. Like, you were never going to probably look up some of these stand-up comedians that I look up ever. Like, that's just not what you're into. I don't know, man. Like, one of the one... You've got me on one guy that I can't help, like, keep coming back Which to. One? Which Shane one? Gillis, man. Dude, he, it's like, I tell you. I, had, I, had, he, I knew nothing about Shane Gillis until you. And honest to goodness, man, like, he's got some really funny stuff. I appreciate that on he... Him. Well, what it is, is like with special needs kids, like special needs is a, is a gray area when it comes to humor and he mm-hmm. handles it really well. Like he doesn't, Oh yeah. like there's an equality there. There's a, an appreciation and a respect there, even while he's making great jokes and getting us laughing about behavior and, and elements of special needs. There's, there's this deep level of, and you know, it's because he makes it clear he has family that's special needs. Like he's like, we get it. And I also love that he doesn't like try to like, he normalizes it so much. And that's the best part. Like I think they all, that they also look like somebody who is, has no issues with their behavior. Like he in general does not look like a, a human being who doesn't have a learning disability. And that's what he's trying to prove that we all sometimes look the same. He dropped that line of bit of a day walker myself. I literally snorted soda out of my nose, bro. I was oh. I was dying laughing at that. Line. I had to back it up and listen to it multiple times because I laughed so. Like, it, he's perfectly loud. timed. It was so bad. He's he's perfectly timed, but also what I also enjoy about him and His this storytelling is, why I find is very very good. He's a great storyteller. It, it reminds me of Robin Williams because Robin Williams wasn't just a comedian. He was a very, like he was very intelligent on like certain parts of like, whether it be political or 
oh, history yeah. based. Shane Gillis it, loves history. He's, I think he went to school to be a historian, just dropped out. Like he huh. understands like the, the, I guess the way that the, the political parties and all that stuff works very well, just like Robin Williams did. Like he had his jokes, some of his jokes based upon how like certain things have gone in the past history and all that other stuff. Gotcha. I appreciate Shane for not just his storytelling, but just his, like he's fairly new in stand-up comedy. He's, I think he's only been in it four or five years from what I gather. He was fired from SNL like the day after he got the job and all from what he said in the past. And he has nothing to do except for say, there's nothing I can do, but I mean, say, sorry, but you can't take it back. And he's, and he's totally fine with like making himself vulnerable, vulnerable with the way that he talks about what he's done in life, like working with the special Olympics, hands down. Some of the best stories that he's told is about the special Olympics. And he's not throwing any type of shade towards those groups of people at all no, but it's observational humor of when you do life with people like that you're gonna laugh your butt off because they're funny too man like if you don't it's okay to genuinely think special needs people aren't funny then you don't spend enough time with them seriously you're not a human you're not a human go spend five minutes with oh my goodness go spend five minutes in like in go to go to go find Go find an organization, man. We've got, oh, man, I'm thinking of chances here. You know, I see, I can still remember when Megan took me senior year. You remember when we had a class with, with that group of kids? And you and I were in eighth grade gym class together, and we had the special needs kids. Uh, Do you remember? I think so. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. It was me, you, uh, Megan Trindle. Um, there was only a, a handful of us that didn't have special needs, but we just got paired up with this. It was a great class. That was one of my favorite classes that I've ever, mm. that I ever took was not just because that you we and learned I a are lot of patience and else in that in time. We learned how oh, to help yeah. people a lot, like learn how to communicate better. Cause I don't think I was a very good communicator back then. No. And what you find out is that they too have a sense of humor, whether oh, or not I they do. have a sense of humor about the same stuff you do. They know that they are different than you and I. They, oh, they, Far- Fart I mean, they, jokes are unanimously hilarious. It doesn't matter. Just like, like Shane said, he's the like board. they love they love John Cena and breasts. Like that is <laughs> that is one of the best. And the way that he, one of my favorite jokes that he actually said about it was, um, "Did you see the? Or I guess you probably saw the uh, the. I think it was the same stand up special that I sent you, where he talks about. He's like, don't you ever say that again. Like where he's like, could you imagine if your friend came up with you and said, hey. We should start the special Olympics. He's like, don't you ever say that again? He goes, what do you mean? I heard they're racing them over in Canada. <laughs> it's just good comedy. Like whether it be, whether it feel like that he's making fun of them or not, he's not. And you can definitely tell it, especially if you've ever been around that group of people. For sure. And I think, I think there's some grace that you give when you recognize that somebody speaks on behalf and for the benefit of people that you love and care about. And and that's to me, oh, yeah. it, that's what his comedy does. It speaks on behalf of special needs, not in, in mockery of them. And it, right. it, it allows for the humor. It allows for the, the human element of laughter. So oh, it's yeah. good. Well, I'm glad you're actually enjoying some of the stuff. <laughs> and I know that if you just hear one of his bits, then it might come off wrong. But like, once you actually see some of his stuff, like fully through, it's going to actually, I guess, wear on some people. And that's just the way that I always take it. Listen so to everything kid- they say on one thing. 
I'm curious now, Bobby. So now that you're getting into more nerdy things, what are we going to have our next big talk about? Our next big talk. Um, yeah, let's. What, well, what here's, nerdy here's thing are you into thing. now that we can have a big discussion well, about? Okay. Now, you and I have both like we we enjoy comedy, but I don't yep. think that you look up some other comedians like I do, and that's why I was no. gathering that part. But I would go to their pages to see when they're going to be local or close by, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever done that. So, like, whenever you see a comedian has a show in your area, you kind of see where they're going. Mm -hmm. My other one that I found myself doing unintentionally, as I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson was going on tour, and what did I do? I looked to see if he was close to me. <laughs> That's awesome. I would love to go to, like, a and a with Neil deGrasse Tyson with you. That would be so fun. I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. And he's not, what unfortunately, he's not anywhere That's near me. That's what I want to know. What would you ask him? It's not that I would rather ask. I don't really necessarily think that I have a good <laughs> uh, knowledge of everything to begin with. But I would rather hear what he has to say. He is... Whether or not anybody likes the way that he approaches things, I can I enjoy him because he breaks it down for somebody who doesn't understand it, and that's kind of I think why he I guess intrigues so me more because I didn't understand it. Like he is the he's the ideal person you want to be. Like I would love to go to a class, like a college course. I would pay to go to that college course just to sit there and listen to him talk about it. Whether or not I was interested in it, he's going to make me interested. It's kind of well, like teaching somebody math. Like how you do it, you would do it by what they're interested in, like football. I'm gonna show you pie. Sport. I'm I'm gonna give you food. Right. I'm gonna give you snacks, and we're gonna count those snacks up. I'm gonna give you a pie, and then I'm gonna he, take a couple of pieces for myself. And yeah. We're gonna learn about fractions. And he does that for me with space. Like he breaks <laughs> it down to what I would understand it to be. Whether or not I have a question for him or not, I don't really know of anything that I want answered because I know whatever somebody else asks him, I'm gonna find that so interesting. And I guess that's I think the what only you're telling me is. In the same way that Jordy was that for you for reading Rainbow, now Neil deGrasse Tyson is that for you for, for space. Jordy was never that for me. For I never found him intriguing. Not like that. Am, like, he was fun I'm to watch. So but like, I I'm so offended. When did you so ever offended. see me read a book? When did you that, ever you know see what? me read That's a book? Fair. I read That's more fair. books. Can you read? I, I read more books now than I probably... In the four years of high school, I've probably read more in the last year as an adult. What books have you read? Uh, I just finished. Don't, um, don't talk about how the to tell us comics. Those don't count. No, I never was a comic guy. <laughs> I just finished How to Tell a Story. Uh, it's called uh, It's called How to Tell a Story by the Moth, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's just people who like I guess tell stories, kind of like either authors or like a stand-up comedian, something like that. It's something that I guess they teach like new young actors, I guess. So I just picked it up one day. Um, I also finished. Um, oh, let's see here. I've got several. I'm getting ready to start. Uh, let me. I'd I'd like to play with myself by Tom Segura. He's a stand oh, another stand up comedian. It's just uh, his uh, just stuff that he's been through. Sure. Endure by Cam Haynes. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Look at he's you. A, uh, Look at you picking up books and reading them. So I think that I can honestly say that I've read more books than you, like as a book, like not necessarily like the research that you do, like the Bible or anything like that to back up like a, like you probably do more reading. I read more books is what I'm saying. I doubt it. You do more reading. I don't, what do you mean? I read for like, fun you, too. You, you don't do more. 
I read for fun too. I read it like, for but books though, or do you read like yeah, do no, you listen, books, to? dude? No, I I read books too. Like I've got two on my nightstand and a third one ready to go called Holy Grit. Uh, but I mix it up sometimes. Like I read fiction for fun, and then I'll read for for like growth. I'll read like. Uh, just other books. Like I've got a book that I'm reading right now called Core 52. That's really good. It's uh, kind of a weekly devotional. But yeah, I've got a I've got a handful of books that I read, dude. Oh yeah. See, that's the only difference then. So you read more non uh, fiction than I would because I don't have any fiction. Oh, books I definitely on my I definitely read fiction. I love fiction. Uh, but I like uh, Breathe by too. James Nestor is a really good one. That's a really good one if you haven't picked that one up. It's called Breathe by James Nestor. Breathe. Okay. Um. The Cubs way. I don't know if you're. It's the the build up to the Cubs 2016 uh, World uh, Series. Whether or not you want to admit it, you know that was a good season. The only thing I know is that they pulled off some sort of witchcraft, and I hope it's another hundred years before they win another one. Go Cubs! It'll probably be another hundred years before uh, Cardinals. It will the not if they land Shohei, dude. If y'all land Shohei, y'all will win three championships in the next ten years. See, guaranteed. that's the that's the thing about baseball, though. I don't think like the last time we had a big name come to our team and we were excited about it, he was a flop. He was a Shohei flop. will not be a flop. Shohei will not be. No, a flop. and I he's already proven. What I don't believe that of. future either. I just hope yeah, I've got several with different guys, I will looking. cry on. TV, like in public, Ooh. I will cry if I have. I to do play have that, a book that, that I do recommend that for you all the time. Who do tell? Green Lights by uh, Matthew McConaughey. Have you read that? Oh uh, no, really? I've heard book. about it though. I enjoyed. it. I read that in about two days. So yeah, but I can't get into the nonfiction stuff. I wasn't trying I, to get off topic. There's a, you mean the can't fiction, get into the fiction, the fiction stuff. stuff? I can't yeah. get into fiction. There's so many people that love nonfiction that don't like fiction. I I like bios and stuff like that, but I don't know. I there's a limit to how many bios, how many biographies I want to read on a regular basis. Well, I wouldn't say Greenlights as a bio. It's more of like how to pursue success really. So like he just really gives you a path of what he took to call what he has now as success so not necessarily yeah he gives you like little stories about what he went through but he gives you these routes that you can take to either organize yourself mentally physically or prepare yourself for either a change in life or a change in your job or something coming up to where like you have to hurdle over that roadblock in life Hmm. so it's just it's a good it's very easy read that's why i think um a lot of people discredit is because it's too easy but i actually think that there's a lot of little things in there that a lot of people can take like you know how you say that you're not a very organized person like sure whether you're not like he's not organized either and he admits that but like what he says like when something comes in his way or stands in front of him this is how he either goes around it or works it out that's really all Hmm. it is just a good read if you ever want to uh check it out but no man but yeah, that's really all I was getting with was like I think I'm more like you rather You're than You're getting you are. nerdy. You're nerdier than you want to admit. Other than other than space, I can't say that like I okay, not space. How about uh like the Egyptians and stuff like that? I find that intriguing. Aliens. I one hundred percent believe we have living things outside of what we know. Like that's but I've always well, believed that. Well, of course that there's, there's things that are like that's the point of science is discovering things that we don't know yet. 
and like there's also things that like I I either don't necessarily feel that involves me much. So like uh, math for one thing for me, like the thing that I didn't like about math uh-huh. is that there's numerous ways to do it. But like, I think the showing your work thing is what really blocked me out because I couldn't explain why I, sh- why, why I did what I did. Like it's hard you better to believe explain. that's, that was my biggest challenge in high school was when we started doing proofs. Proofs across the board were the stupidest thing in the world. I hated them. I hated all math. I mean, all, like, the worst. Proof the math worst is is the worst. But yeah, it, it, like you know how you got there. You don't want to have to explain your process because it's too complicated. Yeah, it's almost like um, I don't want to say it's like uh, like a playbook in football because it's nothing like that. Only That's when you're switching the... certain things around. That's kind of the lesson to learn in it, though, is that it forces you to slow down and methodically lay out exactly how it's done. And I don't think that when I was younger, I was, I was, I guess, patient enough to slow down. I always just wanted to get it done. And I think that's See, kinda... I, was, I always wanted to get it done, but I enjoyed the puzzle aspect, the problem-solving aspect of it. And so when I learned the more challenging elements of math, you know, because I was doing multiplication and division in like first grade. And so as I was learning those more challenging elements, like I always felt like there was it, it, it was a, a new layer to the puzzle to solve. You know, and then you start adding letters in and that gets even more tricky and angles and shapes. And it was fun, man. Then you get into statistics and then it gets really wild. You start seeing how numbers curve and oh, man, it's the influ- the way numbers are influenced are kind of. It's kind of intriguing. It really is. So, and, and that's I, really I where I was wanting to. Yeah, that's no, but that's but that's what I wanted to point out is that I feel like I'm more like you rather than you are me. So, like, there's things that I find interesting that I don't believe that you would ever be interested in. But there's some things that you find interesting that I for sure, other than sports, like you and I have always been into sports. We've always yeah. been into stand up comedy. We've always been into, I guess, maybe trivia. But, like, I get into, like, learning about, like, elk hunting. Even though I'm not an elk hunter, I like learning about it. I don't know if you do, but I like also food. That's another thing that you and I have a lot in common about. We love food. Like, the cook, like recipes and stuff like that. <clears throat> but, you know, have but you that's ever, where I was really going with this. Have you ever heard of the golden ratio in math? The golden ratio. Yep. Can't say that I was there that day. <laughs> so the golden ratio, it's a specific, um, well, it's a specific, well, okay, here's how it works. In math, it's uh, when two quantities um, are uh, same as the ratio as their sum, uh, or sorry, hang on, two quantities are in the golden ratio if the ratio is the same as the ratio of their sum to the larger of the two quantities. Uh, so the way that works is, um, and you see it. You see it in designs of flowers and things like that. It is visually, it looks like this curve right here. See what I'm talking okay. about? That little spiral inside there. And that yeah. is scientifically our understanding of beauty and symmetry and ratios. All of it has to do with the natural phenomenon of the golden ratio in, in nature. 
And so it's it's learning that most of the math that we do isn't like man created. It's just an, analyzing the world around us and realizing that math is the language that God wrote everything in. So that's how it all fits. It's cool, man. Golden I, ratio. I will is a never really, say really that cool like math. To well, I was the guy that said that I would never use that, and then I had to put my foot in my mouth many years later when I had to uh, get a soccer field set up. So I will never say that again. But I've also been watching a lot of the Young Sheldon series on Netflix because it came out on Netflix, and I absolutely love it. It was one of the best spinoff shows that you could probably make for an old series of The Big Bang Theory. Okay. Granted, I'm not a nerd, but the like stuff like that is something that I could watch to, like, I guess, maybe cue something in my brain to want to look up later down the road. Now, will I ever want to be a, a physicist? No, I will not. But some of the stuff in there makes me interested where I look it up, like string theory. Like, I never knew anything about it until the Big Bang Theory, so I've looked it up several times on YouTube to where Neil deGrasse Tyson again, he's breaking down certain things to where I understand it. And I have enjoyed it more rather than what I would have in school. So Good. Thank you, Good. Neil. <laughs> look at that, man. We can all become nerds someday. Y'all, wreck the halls was a crazy matchup. It was a festive spectacle, okay? The card put together uh, by my niece, uh, Billy's youngest daughter, Kendra. Uh, so they worked together on it. She was actually given a school assignment to run a wrestling show alongside her dad. Uh, and she was really kind of the brains behind the card. She put together most of, most of the card, highlighted eight matches with incredible talent there was not one not two but three title defenses y'all at wreck the halls it was insane i didn't get to be there bobby did uh and there were some amazing things i'm just gonna recap it for you uh bobby we're gonna come to you with a couple of thoughts from it as we get down that list but starting out uh that vip match that match that happens right at the very beginning you've got to have vip access to get that uh, Club Core defeated Ricky Wingrave and Cargar. You know that was a good matchup, uh, but it looks like Club Core pulled it off. Uh, right out of the gate, there was a fatal four-way at the beginning, but it was called a no contest. So there was not a clear winner. Bobby, tell us kind of what happened there. Well, uh, that match was actually undecided until the last second. So they had an unknown person uh, be plugged into that match. And the people that were in it was Chance Kerrigan. We know him. Uh, Tobias Storm. Jose. And then the one that was filled in was... Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. And he's just new to the group. And that's why I didn't actually have him on the card. The, uh, my initial card. But he anyway, he filled in. 75% into the match, uh, Mr. Handgun Dan shows up. Whoa. We all know the beef between Handgun Dan and Chance Kerrigan. I don't know if you remember what was going on yeah. at Leavenworth at the last show. He shows up in a ski mask, comes out with a chair, beats Chance Ger Kerrigan with it. And then at the end, after the bell was rung, after it was declared a no contest, he cuts the hair off of Chance Kerrigan. Whoa! Cut the hair off of Chance Kerrigan. He cut and, Chance uh, Kerrigan's hair. Grabbed it, grabbed it like it was a ponytail, and cut it off with some dull ass scissors, bro. Whoa! That's wild, man. Heat alive. 
Heat alive, dude. There's going to be some consequences for that. You better believe. Chance is not going to take that lightly. He will respond to handgun Dan. I'm guessing with a left hook and then a right one. So it sounds like we should be expecting a a match coming soon. Uh, Make sure you're tuned in because there are upcoming events January 6th in Leavenworth and January 20th in Wichita. I'm guessing that one of those, we might get to hear uh, how things are going to go between Handgun Dan and Chance Kerrigan. Because, man, oh, man, a lot. That's in in my In my personal opinion, I think that that story is way more, uh, I guess, interesting than the, the fall of the Empire that's been going on. So... I'm really uh, into this whole Chance Garrigan and Hanga Dan thing because it's like a it's like a beef that uh, doesn't seem to ever want to get settled. Ooh. Three times this has happened. So I, I love a good beef. I love a good rival, you know. And it, it's clear oh, yeah. that that's going down there. Uh, next it's match, a cut of man's hair, man. Oh Ooh. yeah, dude. That's 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 bold. That's that <laughs> is that is a. It's statement. like you cut that your is a hair. Public, bro. Why why are you gonna do me like that? <laughs> That is a public statement, though, man. You are you are declaring that this dude is trash if you cut his hair in public. Ah, oh, shameful. All right, so uh, next matches that went down. Logan Knight defeated Calvin Aldridge. Uh, you got to see uh, a tag team match. A- ACFC defeated the Para Rockstars. Uh, ooh, this was a pretty exciting one. Last week, we had uh, the... R- uh, gosh, the foreman Red James on with us. I was trying, I was about to say the Red Man Four James. I don't know. Uh, but uh, foreman Red like James him. was was on here, yeah. Uh, and Red James, man, he was he was a hoot. He was a lot of fun to listen to. He had a few complaints about Billy uh, and some trash talk about the refs. He was dead set that he was going to take down Johnny Faith. It looks like, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Now, he's already gone live on Facebook. Well, not live, but he's already posted on on social media to to declare how he was cheated. Uh, I think something to do with a turnbuckle or some nonsense like that. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe it's nonsense. Maybe it's not nonsense. We'll see. But uh, he did not win. Uh, so Johnny Faith is still the Independence Title Champion. Uh, so, but make sure to follow him on social media because he is making a case that uh, Yellow Simmons is uh, holding him down. Got him under that thumb, you know. So, uh, next one, there's a ladies tag match that went down really well. Uh, Erica Torres and Heidi Howitzer beat fan favorites Stormy Renee and Mindy Grace. Uh, that that was apparently a good match, from what I understand. Uh, you also had uh, you also had Drake Gallows defeating Axel Savage. Uh, then our uh, the last we, we talked about the title matches. So there was one defended earlier with Johnny Faith defending his Independence title match, and then the last two matches were also tag or were also title matches. Uh, the first being the tag team titles, uh, the tag team championships. The Rebel Hearts retained. The KWA Tag Team Champions defeating illustrious gold. Uh, and then, of course, at the tail end, you had Himbo Slice, that is, the great Remington Roar, uh, is still your HCW champion, and he defeated Franco Vark. So you Franco got Varga, Oh, I, I didn't know if you knew this, but he's actually headed to China to wrestle. So, I did, I did I mean, not know that. So, Franco Varga, way yeah. to go, man. The international what? Superstar. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, not last night, though. 
that's the wrap. That's the card. That's how things went down. Uh, if you want more details, make sure to follow along on their socials. You cannot miss any of the stories. It's a hoot. Uh, but man, it's it's a lot of fun. Like we said, June or June, July. Gosh, July. Oh, wow. January. January. You know, up. one of those. One of those months that starts with a J. January 6th. And January 20th. January 6th is Leavenworth, Kansas. January 20th is Wichita, Kansas. Make sure you catch those shows. It's going to be a blast. That's it. HCW, follow them. Well, what have you been doing with sports lately? Because there's a lot of unhappy people about that college playoff. Bro, I see this, this great example of... Everybody talks about how great college football is, and then things like this happen that are reminding me that the NCAA might be one of the most crooked organizations out there. Like, come on, man. (laughs) Like, explain to me why they haven't just adopted a better, like, they've struggled so long with their playoff system. I mean, you have the bowl games, and then everybody complained about going to the national championship and how it worked. And then they started the playoff system. But, you know, what good is that if an undefeated team can't make it to the national championship? Like, how does that work? Not, and not just that. I think that a lot of people are kind of like, they're, they're, more, they're way too distracted at Alabama. So granted, Alabama has lost a game, okay? And I'm just using them as an example. Alabama has lost a game, and yes, they lost to Texas. What a lot of people aren't figuring, they're blaming Alabama for getting in. Why aren't you blaming Texas for getting They've lost the game, too. Like, there's not just one person to be upset about. But if like, Texas two teams are in Alabama, there. then Alabama right. should like, be the one to is, be out, not Texas. This, But this is where the I think the argument really sets forth is that Alabama has beaten more top 25 teams outside of their division. Texas has not. They've beat one. Alabama's beat three. So I think so that's where why, the computer... But that's where I think the computer is where is where it's like it's all ran by a computer and probably yeah. I would say twenty five percent. At the end of the day, it doesn't pass. It doesn't pass the sniff test for the rest of the fans. Like it's blatantly I don't really care. not enough. Apparently, but I do think the Florida State got the biggest shaft of anybody. The fans, I could care less. The Florida State, I one hundred percent think that should have been. They got- at least in the top three whether or not texas was in there or not i would have been fine with if they weren't i don't think that they were i don't think they shouldn't not be in there and i don't think they should be in there if that makes sense i don't really care it doesn't hurt me at all i just i prefer to rather watch football and just live about my life but there are so many people upset about it so like i would say that this is the biggest i've seen more people are upset about this post. than any bad call in a, a World Series, Super Bowl, championship game, I've, whatever. I've seen more posts about it today than, than I care to admit. It's been hilarious. But, I mean. And I'm just over here like, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, KU looks good this year. They did. They lost in their so, last game, but. Yeah. I don't, who, didn't they, who did they play? Did they play? Did they play Texas in their last game? Uh, I don't know who won the Big 12 championship. I'm assuming it was Texas. I don't know. Let's Are check they still it in out. the Big 12? Who, Texas? This yeah. is their last year. Oh, uh, okay. 
Next year they will be in SEC. I'm not sure. Is it SEC or are they? Yep. Okay, let's I thought it. them and Oklahoma well, both went to the SEC. Yeah, I know Oklahoma and Texas and Texas Tech are leaving. Yep. Because we're bringing in Colorado. Well, the Big Twelve is bringing in Colorado. Um, who's the other teams? Somebody out of the ACC. Three teams out of the ACC are coming over to the Houston's. I think they're in the Big Twelve now. So there's three more teams that are coming over. It's not one to come up. But anyway, that's but that's besides the point. I mean, hmm. football. Just let just let them play. If you have no control over it, so really, why are you complaining? Just to complain. It's like uh, you have no control over it. No, if it's if you don't complain, still. then they don't know that they did something wrong, right? They know they did something wrong. <laughs> they always do something wrong. Always oh, do funny. something wrong. What about you, Bobby? Anything but, exciting going on in sports for you? Uh, other than I mean, Dallas finally beat their first winning team. I mean, hey, Thursday. There you go. <laughs> so there's a plus. I mean, we did beat Pretty Seattle. I mean, too, didn't you guys? No, it was all the way down to the last drive. Like, Wait, if who, the, if oh the no, Seattle, that was the Seattle, Seattle game, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was yes, a yeah. that was a tight was a one. Good but game. y'all pulled it off. Yeah. It was very yeah, good, and good defense. That's the thing about professional football is that professional football, like, there's no room for error when you have professionals on the field. Like, everybody's the same speed, and that's why it always looks different in a NFL game versus a college game. Like, hey, everybody's last, running fast. It was last week that it happened, but let's talk about one of the coolest things that happened, a new NFL record. Deron Bland. Oh, yeah. Interceptions. Missed. Five well, pick actually, sixes in a season, broke, y'all. Yeah. 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 He broke he the has, record. He, on broke, Thanksgiving he broke the Sunday, NFL record. Thanksgiving Thursday. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. Man had his fifth pick Reds. six and now holds the NFL record for most pick sixes in a season. And only his second. How crazy year? is that, man? Like, I I was worried about y'all's secondary once Trayvon went down. Uh, it's exciting to see how well they're continuing to play in Seattle. It's really intimidating. It's kind really, of intimidating. Well, Seattle really showed that bland does have things that he needs to work on with coverage. Oh, of like course. DK DK had him beat all game. It's he, DK. He Metcalf, dude. How do you He redeemed? Well, it wasn't just DK. It was DK. It was, um, uh, what's his face from K-State. Tyler Lockett yep. and uh, yep. the rookie that they have Bro, there. That receiving really core is no joke. And if you yeah. sleep on DK Seattle, you're an idiot. Two, you're an DK idiot because that's one of the receivers premier receiving crews. Yeah. I did, did you but know like, Kansas City? He was still on the board when Kansas City drafted McCole Hardman. Isn't that insane? We could have had DK yeah. Metcalf. I wouldn't. Do you think he would nah. still be there, though? That's the question. Probably not. He would have. Well, I don't know, man. If he was starlighting for us, man, could you imagine? He'd be our number one and make him bank. As long as he stays Wait, healthy. you're saying McCole Harmon got drafted before DK? For pretty real? Sure. Pretty sure. I can look it up. Really? But I'm pretty sure. McCole Harmon got drafted doing. before DK Metcalf. Because remember, DK had those uh, injuries. He had, what was it? It was knee right. and neck or whatever. Like, two big injuries that ended seasons. And so nobody believed I didn't even he was going to stay were... healthy. I didn't even think they were drafted the same year. Oh, game's on. Let's go. Oh, yeah, it started, didn't it? Yeah. What year was he drafted? 
Oh, gosh. That would have been 16, 17, I think. 17, uh, 2017. He was drafted in 2019. Oh, wow. I'm off. McCole Hardman went second round. I thought DK went first round. I don't think so. McCole was pick 56. He was drafted in 2019. What? 56. DK Metcalf, on the other hand, was drafted pick 64. Okay, so wow. So there you go, dude. DK Metcalf was still available. And the to size choose. is just crazy. Isn't that wow, nuts? I had no idea. I don't know what. What were the Chiefs thinking? Like that might have been like their biggest flaw pick. Like they could have had. A uh, top no, because we also we still have Clyde Edwards Alaire that uh, we drafted, and you know you're year, seeing though. what he produces. Clyde Edwards is no, not that year, but yeah. But my point being is like we we have a tendency to sometimes draft our high draft picks never really play out as well as our lower draft picks. Because 2019 would have been what that's three years that was the year high. before the that was the year before the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, like with with uh, Patrick. Yeah. But wow, I mean the games today were even crazy. I mean you have you had an overtime game. I don't even know who finished that off. Uh, that was Indy versus but, uh, Indy yeah, versus and, the, uh, Texans. The, Texans. the Texans. The Texans ended up winning that. No, Indy did. Indy? Indy won that? Yeah, Colts won 31 to the Titans. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we, saw the, yeah we saw the Cardinals the Steelers. Was... Crazy. This was, Cardinals I mean, beat the Steelers. Did you see the... That is kind of wild. Yeah. 24 to 10 even. So that was like them beating the Cowboys. Like, that's Dang. one game that I wish the Cowboys could take back. Oh, um, you Cowboys actually good. beat the Jets. I didn't up, think that, that would happen. Did you see that celebration the Dolphins had with the Commanders and the roller coasters? No. What? They set up a roller coaster right in the end zone. One of the guys was closing the, the, the you know, when they lowered the things over people yeah. on the roller coaster. One guy yeah. was doing that, going down the line, putting the thing over the people's chest or acting like it. And then they would yeah. they were doing this, like a line That's of six funny. of them. That's great. I mean, I don't know if I, I would have saved that for a better team to beat. I mean, the the commanders are nobody special to, like, say, ooh, we no, need but them. That's a fun. Like, that's a fun. Celebration. Yeah. I mean, it is, but and you know you're going to score against them, so why not prep it? <laughs> I mean, it is a it's a long setup for sure. Yeah. But okay. So you got to go against time. team you know you're going to score against, so you can practice. <laughs> and that was the first touchdown that they scored. So you so, know they practiced that boy, that bad boy, that week. Oh, hundred percent. But no, um, I have a question for you. Outside of NFL, have you ever yeah. heard of a? Uh, I guess there's a rule in the Canadian league that blew my mind when I saw it. Cause at first I thought it was a, a college football game, but there's a rule in the Canadian football league called the onside punt. I saw that. That's such a weird little thing. So, but I wonder, like, I don't hate it, but I also don't like it because uh, it's weird. Nah, come it on. is weird. Come on. It's nah. weird. But it's a weird ain't, thing. Ain't nothing like, good about that because the the idea that you can punt the ball, recover it, and get a new, fresh set of downs—that's stupid. That's not what they. That's not what they did though. On the onside punt, they set up like a punt. The guy who was punting the ball threw it to a 
uh, I want to say he was a tight end behind the line of scrimmage. He tapped it with his foot. He caught it, then picked it up and tapped it with his foot, and then recovered it. And that's yes, what made that's... it the onside punt. It, it's I just, I don't like it at all, but I yeah. think it's because it's very weird and I'm not ever, like, we've never well, seen that it's, before. It's because it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist as a, because it's a workaround to getting a fresh set of downs that's not reasonable. Like, there's yeah, no I mean, competitiveness to that. And I'm I'm all for a trick play. Don't get me wrong. I love a good trick play. To me, that's not a trick play. That's just, like, that's a, a hack in the rules that needs to get corrected. Because I saw, I, I, saw, I saw a couple of videos of it, and it just, it looks ridiculous. Like, it changes way too much of the scope of the game, and there's no reason why that rule should exist. Right. Now, like, I mean, there are there are flaws in the NFL and college today. Like, if they get rid of the kickoff, I think the kickoff is almost starting to get washed out, unfortunately. But you need it to keep it fair Ooh. at the end of the game if the team's down, like, so they can onside kick. Like, you need it. I, really. I, I, if they get rid of kicking, they're gonna like mess with the game of football. It's three parts, and yeah. it needs to stay three parts: offense, defense, and, and special teams. But like outside like, of the very end of the short. game, when is the when is the kickoff even utilized anymore? Nobody's running it back. Like how many kick touchdowns? No kickoffs. I mean, some kickoffs are still getting ran back. Stuff like that. Punts are still ran. How many back. touchdowns have been ran back? Do you think? Mm, not as many as they used to be. We I don't have any. I bet you it's the Dante lowest we've Halls ever seen. Or, uh, oh gosh, who was the one? Well, we the do. That was so good. Come on, but we Judy. do. Oh, Hes- uh, Devin Hester. Has Devin Hester? Devin Hester. Yeah. The legend. But do we do. Devin we have Hester. Turpin for the Cowboys, who's one of the fastest re- uh, return guys in the backfield. Yeah, but the, but they're the, not way, being utilized the way they anymore. return the ball isn't like it used to be, man. And that's the point. Like, those high-impact plays, they're trying to reduce them for good reason. And I don't necessarily blame them for I, it. It's just, you can't, you can't get rid of it point, just like, because you're you... taking away the excitement of it. Because there's still the strategy of it that's necessary. And if you kill the kicking element because it's right. no longer exciting, then you take out one of the key pieces to what makes football such a fun and strategic game to play. Right, and I agree with that. But I think that you could add something to it. If you're going to make it to where like, nobody's going to be running the ball back, make it a competition for the kickers to like place the ball. Like, Don't give them 35 yards is all I'm saying. Because if you make think it, about it, it when, on a kickoff, balls, the rule is... Balls is wherever the, it hits the yeah. ground. Yeah, I'd be for that. Yes. But, like, if, if a kicker kicks the, the ball back the through the back of the punts. end zone. Yeah. But, like, kicking the ball out the back of the end zone, the rule is, is that if the ball touches the out-of-bounds before it touches the gate, like, a player in the field of play, then it's a penalty, right? Is that right? Okay, yes. so what's any different than me kicking the ball through the back of the uprights in the end zone? Like, that's a – it's out of bounds. So yeah, but I mean, it's out of the back, so it's considered – nope. Because it's out of the back. So it's considered a touchback. If it goes out the sides, then it's considered out of play. But out of the back just means that it was, it's a touchback. But like if it bounces on the one and then bounces out of bounds, that's, or bounces out of the end zone, that's still not a flag. Correct. Yeah. Once it goes into the end zone, because the end zone isn't part of the field of play. Right, point, but if it bounces on the one and goes out of the side of the end zone, doesn't touch it, then but it goes out of bounds out of the side, it's, then it's a flag. 
I just watched two games that did it. If it goes no out of bounds and not into the end zone, it would be a right. penalty on a kickoff, not a punt. On a kickoff, right, a kickoff. yeah. On because a punt, there's also it's the, be where the, the cool ball little there's also the cool little thing that they do where um, if it's close enough to the edge, guys will go over to the side, lay down, and put their with feet, their out, feet of bounds. out of bounds, and touch the ball so that get, it's considered out penalty. of bounds. Yep. Yeah, that's. But like, like we strategy. said, like if they could put it in the corner of the field, if they're not going to run it back, if he can hit the one yard line before it goes out of bounds, then that's where the ball should be played at. And then just I mean, do a kickoff at the very end of the game. I mean, the I like onside kick idea. is even I love, I love the idea of coughing corner punts and, and making guys, pinning guys back in the corner. That sounds fun to me. But Like, it's just more strategic. Like, it's if you have a good, it makes people go look for a good punter or a kicker. Yeah. Like yep. that's, man, it's just sad to see the game kind of fall apart in that aspect. Like I, I understand that they want to save the the health of the players and stuff like that, but make it interesting at least. I don't disagree. But anyway, there's a lot of new movies out there. I don't know if you've been interested, but uh, in on Amazon Prime, Oppenheimer is on Prime, and I've got that Ooh, in my queue. Is it really? I'm gonna go add it to my yes. queue then. I did not know it is that. on Prime. Um, I'll be checking that out either tonight or tomorrow. We just got done seeing uh, in theaters. We went and saw uh, the Hunger Games, the Battle of oh, Songbirds prequel? and Snakes. Yeah, pretty good. Is it good? Does it? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, it's it does like it fits. The title does a really good job of of showcasing what the film is going to be about. Songbirds and Snakes captures it really, really well. So, so like, is so the chick that plays in the actual movies now, like her character is not even in the prequels, right? No, no this prequel it's, it's is about set snow. several years into the past. It's ten years after the big fight. So, what when we when we get to the Hunger Games with uh, uh, Katniss? We're at Hunger Games 74 and 75. This takes place at Hunger Games 10. So it's 60 years back. So it's uh, Snow, it's President Snow, but he's a teenager. And you're getting to kind of see how he becomes the villain that he is. And the whole point of it being snakes and songbirds is really to help kind of... What are you doing, Charlie? Sorry, my dog's like stuck under my blanket. <laughs> uh, but so it's it showcases kind of like his run in with rebelliousness and goodness and things like that, and ultimately how he turns and becomes a coward. It's it's good. Hmm. It's really good. Now that like speaking about like fiction books and stuff like that. I think maybe fiction for me, I would rather watch it on a movie because the Hunger Games for me, I really enjoyed. Like that was yeah, one of Hunger my, Games were great. Been some of my favorite movies that were once were before. They were such a creative read, though, too, man. Like I will say this: Suzanne Collins has a very unique ability to write a main character that you hate. And that's the I only don't know thing how I know she does it, written. but I can tell you this much: The Hunger Games was the first story I had ever read where I disliked. Like actually disliked the main character and still loved the story. So you dislike Cadmus? Yeah, yeah. Katniss, especially in the books, is not a good person. 
is not a good person and should not receive your support. Yeah, no, she's judgmental. She's critical. She's mean. She's callous. Like, she has a lot of things, and she does not have a ton of redeeming qualities. She really doesn't. My favorite character in the movie is Woody Harrelson. Oh, That's my favorite character. And he actually portrays his his character pretty well. Like, Haymitch is is a drunk and is is absolutely kind of a a troublemaker at first, but ultimately ends up being a great, great mentor. Um, Did they pick a good person for the role? Yes. Oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson knows it. I thought Cinna, um, which is... is uh, um, Oh, is that uh, Lenny Kravitz? Yeah, Lenny Kravitz's character, he did so phenomenally well with that character and portrays Cinna from the books the way that you expect Cinna to be. He is this larger-than-life designer character who is, like, he's got his position, but he still uses it to help Katniss. And it cost him. He ends up dying because of it. But like, oh so, man, yeah, I so was good. gonna ask you that. Did he actually end up dying? Because I mean, they don't really say much yep. outside. Yeah, he's of killed. The, in fact, that scene that that is how that scene plays out in the books too. Like he's, they wait until the very last second before she's. So the the tube comes down over top of her. She can't do anything, and the guards break in and beat Senator to death, and they haul him away, and 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 he's dead. He's they have him killed. Hmm. He dies off screen yep. in the books too. If that makes sense, like you don't actually. Like well, she they just gets don't ever go the call back to well, it. Well, yeah, they show the elevator going up, and that's how they do it in the story too. She gets lifted up and never actually sees, but but gets the report that he was killed later, mm. and that's the unfortunate thing. A lot of people end up that way, but mm. yeah, it's a, it's like a good I said, story. Like, they tap I, I into, wanted to... they do, they even give some visuals. Uh, if you've ever wanted visuals of how the districts are laid out, they finally give us some visuals because if you don't, if you don't know. Uh, Hunger Games is based on America, um, so it's it's like post like super future America, um, and so the districts are states and stuff like that. So when they travel by train, it's because they're headed to an area. So that's apparently like a West Virginia Virginia area is District Twelve is the mining. Of, but is so. it twelve districts in total? Yeah, still twelve. Wow. Yeah. If you read the books, I just didn't know how many. 13. Oh. Okay. Well, because didn't read the books. You 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 know that for the movies though too. Oh yeah, because the thirteenth one got disbanded. Okay, that's yep. right. They're the ones that got and taken out. And then that out. turns into, and that's what turns into where she ends up settling with a family and everything at the end. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, she ends up but, taking out I, the leader. She ends up taking out the leader of uh, the thirteen guy, because uh, she's the, a villain too. Coin. Who was the? Yeah, who was it that she hit with the arrow at the end? Who was that? Was that Coin. Snow? Coin. Oh, no. okay. Snow. Snow's the one who basically makes it clear to her that Coin's a villain too. He's like, I at least lied to your face. She manipulated you. I. I he's like, I. I told you to your face. I was gonna kill you. That's right. So, and she ends up. Yeah, she ends up loosing the arrow on uh on Coin and killing her. So I did want to see that movie. I just didn't know if it was going to be I'd more. I recommend it. It was good. It was well done. Uh, dude goes through an Eminem transformation. It's really funny. <laughs> like a he, what he, transformation? He, an Eminem oh, transformation. Hair. Dude, dude straight up goes Slim Shady. It's hilarious. Well, speaking of uh, Prime, now that you know that Oppenheimer's on there, I'm excited about Reacher coming out for season oh, two. Oh, Reacher December 15th? Let's go. Yes. That's going to be good. 
Uh, I still haven't watched it yet, but uh, 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 Bye Bye Barry, the documentary on Barry Sanders. Oh, yeah. I've got that's it. That's on there. I want to watch that. So there's a lot of good stuff. So I also want to see Napoleon. Now, is that on Apple TV, Napoleon? It or will it be, I think, after it's done in theaters. Because I know that they promoted it as being an Apple product. So yeah. I didn't know. I think it'll go to so theaters and then it'll go to Apple TV. That's my now, guess. What about Good Burger 2? Because that's on so Prime also. So excited to watch it. I was trying to get Andrew to watch it with us. Oh, it's also on Paramount. So I didn't know it was on Prime. But yeah, we're definitely going to watch oh, maybe, Good Burger. Well, maybe Good it's Burger because too. it's on my Paramount like, cycle. Yeah. On, Excuse me. Or my Prime cycle is because it's on Paramount. And that's what we have Could on be. there also. But I, but I don't know if I'm really go. as hyped as you are about it because i mean the first one was good for what it was but it's the nostalgia. first one was cheesy I... nickelodeon nonsense and the second one yeah. will be cheesy nickelodeon nonsense but now, it's have you our tried the, cheesy the... nickelodeon nonsense but have you tried the burger at arby's i sure burger. did i sure did have a good, good burger and it it was basically just a cheeseburger with uh Big Mac sauce on it, like it's it's a hundred percent what you'd expect, but it was nostalgia <laughs> like no other. It was great, man. Oh, and it, actually, it was pretty good because it was uh fifty one. Like, I think the burger is like fifty one percent wagyu and forty nine percent like American oh. beef. So it was so actually like a really burger. high quality burger. I've had their so, wagyu burger and it wasn't bad because they don't they're yeah. not supposed to fully cook wagyu. It's supposed to be like right. medium. Yeah. So I mean. And a lot of people I know were complaining about it not being finished on the inside. It's like it's not supposed to be 100% finished on Wagyu. But eh, to each his own. I enjoy Wagyu. Well, at least the burger. I haven't had a steak. I, I, I haven't had a steak either. I haven't had a Wagyu steak. I'm not that rich. I ain't got that kind of money. I ain't got that kind of money. But hey, bud, I'm going to let you watch your football game. Now I'm going to call it. Cool, hi, man. Heather. He says hi. Hi, Bobby. She says hi. She's a shy one. Yeah, she's shy today, apparently. All right, bud. Well, you enjoy your game, and I will will, see you next episode. You as well. I love you, man. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Bye.